Alrighty, ladies and gentlemen, hello. I'm going to do my best to dive straight into this one. Uh, give a little bit more energy than I usually do. <sighs> Man, it's been a while. I know I've been off the game. Um, I anticipated this was going to happen at some point. I was pretty good for like, you know, the first 20, like the middle 20, I would say. Like I was pretty good about getting them out once a week. But I'll say the past month, because we are approaching the end of August now. Yeah, the past month has been um, yeah, kind of like the rest of the year. It's just been active, let's say. Like things are jam-packed, a lot of moving parts, a lot of things to keep track of. Uh, all just, you know, things that I've voluntarily signed up for or part of my work, part of my life. Um, so it's really been active. I think that's a great word to describe it. And I've kind of put the podcast to the side. Um, it's tough because I do... The consistency has been my goal since day one, but it has been tough, I'll be honest. There have been times where I've, I've tried to set aside time, but then I, I, for whatever reason in the moment, I like talk myself out of it, out of it whether it's... Um, I don't feel like touching on the topics at that time or I feel like I need more time to to get into it, right? Uh, but I think that's it's all excuses, though, just to convince myself not to do it and just delay the process even more. So today I've given myself... I'm going to give myself 30 minutes. Uh, it's 11.30 where I'm at, so 30 minutes. It would be 12 have a little bit of lunch after that that'll be my that'll be my reward but I do have some things in in mind to discuss that just came up over the past that that has come up over the past you know a couple weeks um I think I can do it in 30 minutes it should be all good and yeah enough again with a lot of this stuff you can spend hella time but I think for today for this week right now for me I just wanted to get it done like you've been off the mark for a couple like two weeks now it's the second time so get back on it and just uh yeah I think at the very least I can do 30 minutes a week right uh, uh, again a lot of what I floats in my mind I wish I could go on about it longer but if the time constraints get only give me 30 minutes or at the very least if that's all you can give do it and then you know slowly mix in more and more but that being said just a quick update on how the past month has gone um like very quick started new school or new school year new class uh, of sixth graders so far so good uh nothing too crazy i think uh most of the kids understand my approach they're uh there seems to be they seem to be ready for what I'm asking them like we test trialed a lot of stuff like doing this on the computer doing these kind of math problems taking these kind of notes writing an essay writing a paragraph doing short response stuff so we actually did a lot a little bit of reading comprehension in the first two weeks so I look forward to working with this group of kids um yeah I think um 
obviously he's going to have his challenges. I already see that. I already sense that. But I think in, I'm, I'm hoping it'll be uh, an even better experience than my first year was. Not that it was like bad, but like you know, just improve overall. Student experience, my experience. Dog is good. Dog is healthy. Growing up, I think he's probably gained like uh, six to eight pounds over the past couple of weeks, which is kind of wild. Um, but yeah, just getting used to having the responsibilities, figuring out how all that stuff fits into my day. Like, how do I plan? How, you know, one of the biggest things, adjustments, is just waking up, right? Like, I'm a big sleeping guy, so getting right up when I'm up is kind of tough. But I've been trying to, I've been encouraging myself to do that a little bit more, just like, okay, you can really snooze lay around for like five minutes but then after that get up and then get to your shit get what you get it done you know take the dog out let it walk around blah 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 i get get going on the day like for example um past couple weekends like i usually like to use my weekends to sleep in and you know for the most part it, it's cool because like i'm not like crazy with it not like 12 11, 1 2 anything like that but there are times where I'll wake up at like six or seven just naturally and then make the decision to just continue sleeping. And there are some times where I, I wish I had spent, you know, those couple hours like getting something done, using it productively. Um, can't go wrong with sleep, right? Especially if you need it. But then also, I, again, I'm trying to get into the mindset, just get right up, get the day started, bang some shit out. Um, <clears throat> and yeah, start the day off on a high note. So, seemed good. Uh, what else? Basketball, of course, another big pillar of my life at the moment. But some cool updates on that part. So I finished my two summer teams, my 12-11U team, and then my 14U group. That uh, we played like two tournaments in the month of August, or maybe three. Yeah. Yeah, you, I guess you could say three. Like one at the end of July and then two in August. But um, really fun experience, really good group. Uh, a lot of cool young potential uh, young players that I came across that, you know, have a lot of potential. So I look forward to seeing their growth and what they do with their school teams or whatever travel teams they play with next. I'm sure I'll see them around here and there um but now i will be now that the school year has started the middle school that um is in our neighborhood that my little brother is an eighth grader at right now needed a basketball coach and his previous basketball coach him and i we connected we talked he's a real chill guy pretty much i was like yeah if you are interested i'll put the word in for you just let him know that you're available so we made that happen School got to it, and uh, yeah, long story short, I'll be coaching at the, the middle school in our neighborhood, which will be a lot of fun. That's coming up real quick. Tryouts are tomorrow. Um, just because we got started on the process a little bit, like essentially right when school started, so it's taken a couple of weeks. But And then also in this situation, uh, usually basketball is in the wintertime, but now they moved it to the fall time. Uh, just to help them find referees but anyways 
long story short we're gonna have tryouts tomorrow wednesday next week we'll have our first preseason game and then a couple uh, of a week to practice and then get to the real games which would be um it's gonna be a quick turnaround gonna dive right in but that's kind of been the theme of this year man the theme of my i guess the situations that i put myself in is just like dive right into the fire um and then just learn as you go which is uh it's a it's volatile it's emotional it's all over the place you're always like on edge because you haven't exactly been in these situations before you're still trying to learn and figure things out um so it is there is a lot of like uh, you know finding calm and being able to control yourself in the chaos of it all um, but that's kind of that's kind of how I view life. It, you know, it is chaotic. It is absurd, and things are all over the place. But it's important for you yourself to find calmness and then be able to navigate those, uh, you know, rocky waters. Let's say I don't know rocky waters. Maybe it is rocky waters. I don't know. The ride the waves essentially, the harsh waves, uh, however strong they might be. So. Um, Middle school basketball, I'll be coaching that, getting started. And then also, so the my little brother's previous coach uh, is now coaching the freshmen at our neighborhood high school. So, and he was open to me helping out at that level too. So we'll, we'll be doing those two things simultaneously, which is just another, uh, you know, just another plate to, to keep track of, to balance, to integrate into my life but I look forward to that as well because uh, I think high school is ultimately the level that I want to be at at the moment right it's the only level that I haven't exposed myself to other than you know working with a couple kids here and there but now that we you know it's at the high school part of the team trying to uh, help the school's overall program I really look forward to that piece of it as well um, so yeah, I'll be coaching the middle school, and then whenever schedule allows for it, I'll be with the high school freshmen practicing. Uh, fortunately, you know that the middle school season is in the fall. I just got to get that done, and once that's done, I can de devote my full attention to the high school team. But for the time being, for the next two months, essentially, it'll be you know back and forth back and forth but again season's not in for high school we're just doing conditioning and skill work so still have time but it's uh it's another thing man and uh we just had a meeting today just going over some of the basic ideas some of the things that you know head co head varsity coach tries to instill in the program so keeping track of all of that is a whole nother um be a whole nother ball game and trying to fit the, fit you know how I see the game into the school's program that'll be interesting so a lot of a lot of a lot of things in the works exciting again just very active trying to find you know trying to be deep in the grind but then also like really rest hard at the same time I think that's really been really big for me whether it's chilling with the dog, sleeping a little extra. 
you know, sitting in the car longer than usual or treating myself. Like, I've been, I'll be honest, I've been treating myself to a lot of food, you know, like I eat out. I still eat at home, but, you know, coming back from stuff or finishing a practice or finishing a day at work and rewarding myself with a, some good food, a nice cold soda sometimes here and there, some hot Cheetos, you can't beat it. So that's where I'm at. Uh, of course, many other things you could touch upon in life, but I'd say broadly, that's kind of where I'm at. You know, touched upon work, touched upon stuff I do outside of work, personally, doing good, just taking care of everything, you know, always constant work, life work, organizing, um, keeping track of your things, keeping things tidy, fixing things up around the house, just trying to, yeah, take responsibility of this shit and own your life and all that good stuff. Um, but I do have about 19, 18 more minutes available. I'll probably go over if I want to. But, ah, uh, man, these are going to be some tough topics to get into, but uh, forget it. Let's do it. So, a couple things that have been, uh, that have come across my mind, I would say, the past couple of weeks. So I'll say quickly three things. One has been COVID broadly, uh, and then I'll get into the specifics in a second. Number two, like politics, you could say broadly, and then a little bit of like <sighs> what I what I would describe as like the DEI space. So that is diversity, equity, inclusion. That space, anti-racism. Uh, progressivism, social justice. You can use any of those words. All of them, you know, are specific, but those are all, like, broad terms that I think uh, convey the space, the ideas, the domain that I'm trying to get at. So I think I will start... Yeah, I'm going to start with that one, the DEI, because it's most recent and it's most top of mind. So basically... I'm gonna, again, don't have that much time. We're going to try to lay this out as concisely as possible. And, you know, for those that listen, I am... What I've always wanted to do is talk to somebody that is part of the DEI space, that is an advocate that has been also in a lot of spaces that discuss these ideas because... I used to be in them myself, or not that I, uh, yes, I used to have a different view of them, essentially, so, what is my view, but, uh, let me pause, so basically what happened this past week, two days I spent at a professional development, let's say, conference opportunity through the school that I'm at, and what was the focus, so our, my subgroup, my cohort, we were focused on ELA, and uh, we spent essentially the first day thinking, like, they put out some statistics to us about, you know, student achievements and math, reading, writing, this and that, and laid out the demographics. And so they presented us with some statistics, right? And then we spent the majority of the day, I want to say, like, 50, 60% of the day, maybe even 70, discussing, like, okay... What are the mindsets, what are the ideas that um, have kind of enabled this, have, uh, that might be a cause 
of these statistics, right? Like, how are we teaching English? What are the practices? What are the mindsets that kind of result in, let's say, low income or students of color achieving uh, below some of their peers, right? And I'll say it was an interesting experience for me because I went into it with the mindset like, oh, this, like we're going to, my group is ELA. I'm really excited to hear about, you know, ideas, classroom strategies, things I can do practically to enhance our ELA learning. Like, how can I make stories more engaging? How can I ask better questions? What assignments can I do? That kind of stuff, right? But I was presented with a lot of, again, this mindset stuff, and it's... It it definitely if you from my experience it definitely reminded me of a lot of the DEI stuff that I've participated in right so I used to work at a place that was very um, big on that so we did a lot of workshops meetings talks uh, big professional development stuff centered around these ideas of like anti-racism unconscious bias. Um, stereotypes that we have about certain students uh, yeah just uh, all that kind of stuff right white supremacy systemic racism so I've kind of I've been in a lot of these spaces I've been in a lot of these conversations and the place that I worked at this was three three yeah essentially three years ago now which is it's crazy, kind of, it feels like a long time, but it doesn't also at the same time, just one of those. <clears throat> but I remember at the time, like, being really bought into it because the type of person that I am, I still am, like, I really like to believe that I, I have, I share the vision that progressives and DEI advocates have, which I think you have a situation where people of color, of all backgrounds, right, or low-income people have been, you know, disregarded for much of American history, have been, you know, from all levels oppressed, right? Whether it's written in the laws or executed by how the police treat you or how the criminal justice system treats you or how just, like, everyday bureaucracy treats you to the actual violence part of that, right, where you are targeted, and I'm not even conveying all of this well, but we live in a country that is deeply fought, let's say, and that has been, uh, that has not treated its people with the, the respect that I think the founders wrote the constitution on and I understand that I get that I share the same feelings that you know we do have injustices to to mend to correct right and there I think there's a lot of practical things that we can do to to help the people that the DEI advocates and the progressives, let's say, broadly speaking, 
um, convey. I think there are a lot of things that we can do. But what I think has been really unproductive, really antagonistic, to put it simply, is just this idea that systemic racism permeates everything in society. It's the only cause that we can look at for why low-income students of color are, or people of color, let's say, are low-achieving, are not where they are at. They need to be in society uh, solely because of systemic racism or white supremacy or whatever you want to fill in the blank, or because Donald Trump was president from 2016 to 2020, so everything is, is fucked, or because America is actually a country full of bigots and racists that framing that mindset which you know sometimes in these DEI conferences meetings sometimes they are explicitly said right like yes the reason where we're at today is because of white supremacy or is because of systemic racism and the conviction with which people say that it just it doesn't sit right with me right because again while I do recognize that it has played a big part in where we're at today um, to just look at that on its own without considering anything else it just doesn't seem like again productive it doesn't seem like the right framing um, it's a little bit emotional again and it, it it just feels very antagonistic, right? Like, you just... This concept that... The white man is to blame for a lot of your problems, for a lot of your situation, right? I just don't think that's unhealthy. I don't think that's productive for the person that you're trying to help. And I also don't think it's healthy for the way that we look at white people. Like, it's just... It's, it's kind of ironic, right? Like... We don't want other people doing that to people of color, right? Making these broad stroke generalizations. It is easy for us to say, well, yeah, like all white people participate in systemic racism. People will say that, no hesitation. And it just, again, it doesn't sit right with me. And I'm not here to defend white people necessarily but like, I think we all can say oh yeah look at ourselves and say well do I participate in this said systemic racism to some extent right we can all ask ourselves that qu that question doesn't have to just come from you know the white man and so I think it's just too much of that mindset and again, I do think we have a lot of work to do. I do think we can improve our country. I do think we can help people of color. I just don't agree that the DEI, the, the way that DEI advocates and participants have framed the problem. I don't agree with their, you know, the, the solution that they provide. And I think it just reminds me sometimes I get caught up in it right and 
I think the way the reason I feel so strongly about this is because I think a lot of a lot of spaces in our society today, whether it's the corporations, whether it's universities, whether it's you know school settings where they've kind of adopted this DEI mentality, thinking that you know this is how we help people of color. This is how we correct for the injustices of the past. And once again, while I recognize that they have offered, you know, a, a framing of a way to view this problem, an approach, it is just one of many that are possible, right? And the easiest examples that are come to that can come to mind, I haven't, you know dug into the details very much, but I know broadly that we can say that W.E.B. Du Bois, du Bois had a different approach to, you know, helping his fellow black people than Booker T. Washington did. They just had a different approach, right? W. Du Bois was more of an academic, Booker T. Washington was part of the, I forget, something related to the Tuskegee, I forget if they're like, I'm pretty sure they're flying planes, if I remember correctly, excuse me if I get that wrong, but he was more of a hands-on type of person, like, do something that adds to, get a skill essentially, like be good at something so that you are, you can contribute and get something in return, obviously. Um, Malcolm X and Martin Luther King had different approaches to start off, and then it's funny enough, like towards the end of their respective lives, changed their perspectives, right? So that just goes to show you that there is evolution in thinking and just overall, like you see the broad problem but your approach to solving that problem is going to be specific and nuanced and different and you're going to approach it from an entirely different mindset and framing. Now again, you can get into the details of all of this, right? But uh, why do I bring this up is because it just feels like the DEI advocates are so adamant that the solution that they've offered, that they've provided is the ultimate and If you don't adhere to it, then you are contributing to the problem. You are not helping us. You are just as you are just as much the problem as the the bigoted racists that we are trying to get rid of in society. That's what it feels like. And once again, there's so many different other things that I could get into in all of this, but it just doesn't feel productive it's um, again we're trying to fixate on this idea that systemic racism is a result of the white man and while I get that once again I just don't think that's the right framing I think there's a lot of pieces to blame I think you could say that people today are not responsible for what happened in the past. I, I think I broadly agree with that. 
right? I'm sure there's some good justification. Somebody's blasting music. I am in a parking lot right now, so please forgive me. But it does add a little bit of comic, com comical relief to a serious conversation. But um, I'm just going crazy in the parking lot. This has been pretty good so far too. Yeah, I'll just say, once again, to put it simply, I agree with a lot of the goals and I agree with the, the vision of people that believe in social justice, people that are advocates of the, the DEI mentality, framework, mindset, whatever you want to fill in the blank with. I do think we can help people of color in a lot of ways. I do think that they deserve it. I do think that for America to really be great, we got to make sure everybody, everybody as much as possible can play the game fairly. And that if you haven't had a chance to be able to play the game fairly, like what can we do to support you, to give you a fair shot, right? That's it. It's up to you to make the shot, but let's see if we can get you in a position where you can take that shot right now obviously very tough problem to, to solve and that's another part of it too where it just feels like there's a lot of hubris and a lot of you know life is too short to mince words just arrogance that like what makes you so confident that the DEI framing of the problem and the solutions offered is exactly what we need it is if this problem hasn't been contended with for the past two to three hundred years of this country of just different people living together, right? And, and trying to do it in a way that is productive, that is as cohesive as possible. Like, there's a little bit of hubris to, to all of this, and that's kind of what I felt. And... The reason I brought this up, this has been something that's been on my mind for quite some time, right? Again, from my work experience and then spending the past three years just listening to a lot of ideas that have kind of critiqued the DEI space, right? And again, this is coming from somebody that I was a big participant. Like, I was all bought in. I was all in. Like, whatever these folks are talking about, I'm open to it, right? I had an open mind, and then I heard the other side of it. And so I've kind of wrestled with that over the past couple of years. And you continue to see it play out. And like the reason I brought it up today, the reason it was on my mind is because of this training, right? Again, we spent the majority of the first day just going over these mindsets. And it was just frustrating because, uh, one, I, again, I came in excited, ready to learn like some new ELA stuff. Like how can I enhance my, the ELA portion of our day, of our class? Um, and then two, again, I was hoping for a productive time, like this would be time well spent. But then once I realized, you know, in my opinion, it was not for me because a lot of the stuff I had heard already, I had been exposed to already. Um, it was frustrating because I did not, well, yeah, I didn't sign up for the conference. I was kind of, you know, it was, I was volunteered. I was voluntold to go so once that came to that realization it was a little bit frustrating to sit through the rest of the day and even the second day too it was a lot of that 
stuff instead of focused on the ELA. Like, what can I, again, what can I do to, what strategies, what practical tips, things that I can implement into my class. So it was a little bit frustrating. I'm not going to lie. Um, that's what came to mind. Yeah, that's why it was on my mind. But again, something I've been wrestling with for the past three years, so I thought it was worth bringing up. And I guess I'll just wrap this part of it up by saying I've already said what I needed to say. Well, mostly, right? Like, again, you could get into the details of all of this, right? This virtue signaling is this idea that people are going to self-censor. People are never really going to say how they really feel because they don't want to be, you know, called a racist. They want to be called a bigot, this or that. There's so many, I think, real negative consequences of the, uh, like, a whole bunch of companies that have hired, like, diversity people are now getting rid of them. People are realizing it's actually made race relations worse. Uh, just so many things that it's like you're trying to help but you're actually just making it worse but you just are so stuck on your idea of being right that you call everybody else you say everybody else is wrong like oh di doesn't work because there's just so many racist trump supporters out there right like all we're doing is just exposing if you don't agree with this all we're doing is just exposing you as you just are just a racist plain and simple Again, many things to discuss. It's it's a hard topic to discuss because I understand that people feel strongly about it. Even I do myself, as best as I try to stay unemotional. You know, once you get going, obviously, you can get pretty worked up. That being said, if any of the DEI people listen to this, I am open to discussion, right? think it'd be worth it i've had a few before that have gotten pretty you know intense but i i say if you haven't like if you sincerely have an open mind and you are open to different perspectives you're not just you know looking for a shouting match if you're open to hearing things in a different way you know my door is open i'm more than happy to discuss because i think it's 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 necessary for the time instead of all this shouting at one another i think um is unproductive and i think um the other two topics that i was going to bring up covid and politics i think are related I mean, might as well, might as well, might as well, because it honestly all is related, broadly speaking. I think, so COVID, the reason it came to mind, I guess recently, was because I saw that they're going to, a couple places started mandating the mask again, so it it started trending on Twitter, and of course, people on the right are going to be talking about it, so you'll see clips from folks on the right you know, calling this out, like, no way, no way, and even just the regular people, like, if you just look in the comments of, like, random big Instagram accounts, like, people are like, there's no way that I'm going to be masking again after three years, like, I think it's dawned upon people that, for the most part, you could say that if you, if the goal is to limit the spread of respiratory viruses, such as COVID-19, the mask don't really offer much protection 
Now, I think, man, this is a whole, obviously a whole separate conversation, right? But let's try to, let's just, for me, let me just try to dissect as concisely as possible where I'm at, what I'm feeling. So, I think the personal choice is a big thing in all of this, right? So, if you choose to wear a mask, if you feel like that's what is best for you and your people, by all means, right? I think the biggest problem that a lot of people have, including myself, is the idea of mandating something. Um, so the idea of mandating a mask is, you know, big for people. I think there's no problem, right? You want to wear a mask? And for you, I'm not going to say anything to you. I'm not going to bother you. I'm not going to do anything, right? By all means, it's your life, your choice. But do not mandate it. It's That's a problem. Like, let me decide how I'm going to live my life, especially when you don't have evidence to to demonstrate that masks are an effective, protective measure to stop the spread of COVID. Now, you, again, can go into the details of all this stuff. You can go into the different reports. I think the Koch, Cochrane, Cochrane, I don't know how to say it, is, is a pretty reputable uh publishing place of academic scientific information and they put one out i forget if it was earlier this year or late last year i'm pretty sure it was earlier this year saying you know there's not really much to demonstrate that masks are effective so we have to contend with that right like i think so this, re- hearing about the recent places that the idea is that masks might come back, it just got me on a spiral of all this stuff, COVID, because, again, for the past three years, I have just tried my best to listen and observe from many, many different perspectives what exactly is going on, what is, what is the problem here, how do we tackle it right like truly trying to be a problem solver right and you're trying to sift through all the political sides of it right like oh the left is crazy because of this the right is crazy because of this like okay what is the information who's speaking sincerely instead of trying to convince me of something right instead of trying to tell me what to do it's like who's saying well here's the information do what you must with it right that's kind of been my approach and I've been very deep into it because it is one it's like a really big topic right because well yeah it was it changed the world it changed the lay of the lands one from like the individual right like if you want to protect yourself and your people like well you got to understand it what is it how do I protect myself what's available uh, what are the symptoms how long uh, da, 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 da. You can go on and on and on, right? So I took it very seriously. And then two, just given how political it was and how like outrageous it made people on both sides, I had to study it, right? I had to be an observer. I had to kind of conduct myself as like a sociologist. Like, what the hell is going on here? Like, this shit is really making people go crazy. And so I took it very seriously. And again, I tried to listen to people with listen to people with many varying perspectives on all different sides arguing for all different things and essentially I've come to the conclusion again that I think broadly speaking our response was pretty atrocious 
right and if you really cared about public health if you really cared about taking things seriously you would put everything on the table and say what worked what did not work what do we need to change what do we need to update instead of saying the same shit over and over again like it's literally been the same shit over and over again uh get the vaccine because it's safe and effective mask up six feet wash your hands like just even if you agreed with all of that right like let's say i did agree with all of that that you just suggested like eventually there comes a point where a rational person that agrees with all of that might say something like i've done all these things yet myself and people around me still somehow are catching covid do you not have a more robust protocol to either one prevent me from getting covid altogether or at least two if i do get it give me the protocol that i need to treat it and get rid of it as quickly and as effectively as possible right i would say that i, I again I imagine some people would say that you're telling me six feet, but that's what you've said for the past three years. You're telling me to mask up, but that's what we've done in the for the past three years. And somehow, some way, it still spreads like wildfire. What's going on? You told me to vaccine. You told me to get the many boosters that you've provided. Somehow, some way, I'm still catching it. People are still catching it. So this solution that you've laid out is just not robust enough to meet the challenge and again as somebody that I believe I still believe that these kind of situations should be taken very seriously because it could happen again right it could be far more severe why did we not really really truly evaluate all the possible solutions instead we had one narrative, one protocol offered in from all these public officials, right? These public institutions, the NIH, the FDA, the CDC. They could have been right. The protocols and the steps they provided could have been correct. But I think anybody that has existed in the United States over the past three years speaking honestly would probably say it didn't work right COVID still spread people still got it even after all these things were achieved now if you don't you may fall into the subgroup of people that continue to scapegoat for whatever reason the unvaccinated right anybody and broadly speaking like anybody that dissented from that prescription that original protocol you called them they were called rather not you they were called conspiracy theorists they were called right-wingers they were called anti-vaxxers now again while i recognize that all those things might be true and might exist does that mean that there are no rational people out there that disagreed with how we responded to COVID, that took an honest look at everything that happened and just said, you know what? Yeah, I do completely disagree with the protocol you've laid out. It's not robust enough. It doesn't take COVID seriously enough. 
and it doesn't give people all the information that they need that they could use to make a decision for their personal health. I think you're actually not going as far as you could. Again, you claim to be about public health, about getting rid of COVID. You're not willing to put everything on the table to discuss everything. Instead, anything that is dissenting, that let's say calls out your shortcomings or your failures or your <sighs> anything that's off the mark, you call you, you you scapegoat them, you slander them, you call them conspiracy theories, cons- conspiracy theorists. You try to make them look bad, essentially. It just doesn't feel like the right approach. Again, if you really wanted to take it seriously and come up with the best solution, right? And so that's kind of how I felt about COVID broadly. I think, again, over the past three years, I've tried to take it seriously. I've tried to listen to as much as possible. I really do think we should take it seriously, right? So that if something like this were to happen again, people are more informed, better, blah, 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 better, better prepared for it, right? But it doesn't seem like we're at that spot. Why? You could get into all the details of that, too. I think, broadly speaking, it's because you got a lot of people in power. You got a lot of people, regular people, that I think this is a problem with humans that we are, we are we really hate admitting that we're wrong. Maybe that's too strong of a statement. We have difficulties admitting that we are wrong and when we are wrong. But I think in this day and age where information is abundant, right? Not just the crazy information, but real information where people can make on both sides of a thing, where people can evaluate it for themselves. I think you need to be you need to have humility. You must be able to admit when you are wrong, given new information. If you dig your heels in, all you're going to do is antagonize the people that either exposed you, that found out the truth another way. And you dig your heels in, you're going to lose all credibility. That's what it seems like today. And that's a problem for a lot of people in power. They're not willing to admit they were wrong. Or it was even crazier is that when people do admit that they're wrong, the people that were originally on their side are now going after them, right? Like, so let's say somebody changed their position, like before they would advocate for the vaccine for everybody, and then they changed their position to like, oh, we're just going to advocate it for the people that are, you know, immunocompromised, a little bit older, but everybody else, if you choose not to get it, that's, that's up to you, right? You should be okay for the most part, right? And then... The people that, again, still advocate entirely wholesale for the vaccine, they'll call them, you know, oh, you just got hit by the anti-vaxxers. Oh, you're just working with misinformation. And it, those those kind of statements, right, again, it just goes back to the idea that it's a little bit demeaning. It's a little bit paternalistic the way it feels. Like, you're telling me as a rational adult human being i can't have my own agency my own sovereignty to make my own decision about my health you, you just think like oh yeah trust the science right like yeah trust the science 
whatever science you follow, it's not real science. You just you probably got hit by some conspiracy theorist, wacky scientist that's giving you a horse dewormer, right? As if I don't have the cognitive filters and processes to run through those myself and protect myself against that and find legitimate information. Is that what you're telling me? Is that what you're telling all these people? Now, again, the anti-vaxxers, the crazies, the conspiracy theorists do exist. But you're telling me that that there are no, that number is zero, no rational human beings that could disagree with your approach, with what you've offered. That's tough. It's tough, and out of, for whatever reason, I like to believe that those people exist. But again, we live in a time where people—it's—it's—it's it's, it's encouraged to self-censor, right? Like you see, it. anybody that disagrees with it, you're called this, you're slandered. So, what does that encourage people to do? Not speak up, not say how they really feel. And I think that's a problematic. I think, broadly speaking, we need to lay everything out on the line. Radical truth, man. Uh, our problems, you know, I think, yeah, life is too short to miss words. So you just say how you really feel, right? Our problems are serious. At least that's the way people always talk about it. Oh, this uh, climate change, systemic racism, uh, this and that and this and that. And people are always talking serious like, oh, we got, the, the world is fucked up. America is fucked up. Blah, 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 blah. Okay. If, this, if the problem is so serious, why are you not trying to solve this in a diplomatic manner? Why are we at each other's throats? You, you're the blame for this. You did this. You did that. Your ideas did this. You're a racist. You're crazy. Ah, da, 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 da. It just doesn't feel like we are talking about these things productively. And so if there's any message that I could leave from this is this hard but radical truth type of dialogue where you're laying everything out on the line you're not trying to bash another person you're saying hey this is the perspective right this is the information that i've been presented with this is my interpretation of it can we work with this can we go back and forth instead of my way or the highway your way is wrong that's kind of where i'm at that's kind of what i'm hoping for just one voice of many but I think more people are realizing again you just got to be able to admit when you were wrong and for whatever reason a lot of the COVID people have a hard time doing that (coughs) Sam Harris (laughs) Um, I just had to throw that in there because that's it's another one if you've watched his clips recently if you follow him, if you know about it, I think you'll know what I'm talking about. But that's, that's an Easter egg for anyone that's made it this far. <sighs> so I just shared my thoughts. I think this is, this has been this is good to get off my chest. I, again, obviously, you could go into these two topics, the DEI thing and then the COVID thing, in much greater detail. So many different things to talk about on that piece, right? Like, uh, yeah many things to talk about i invite the conversation i'm open to it i wanted to get that off my chest it felt good i think i needed to say it i think i mean i'm a little bit nervous about putting this out there but again if you who knows if people will make it this far we'll see but this is a uh 
a monkey off my back. I will be honest because I I have thought about it for a long time. And again, this is not the end of the conversation, right? Like we're still going to be talking about this for a while. So don't anticipate it going away. I just hope that we can move forward, right? I think I heard a good, pretty good term. I think it was by the trigonometry guys. They said like it's not. Uh, they were talking about the the concept of the woke, right? Like of the woke era that we live in these days. Blah blah blah. Essentially, saying like we need to move past it, right? Like yes, let's address our race relations and figure out how we can live together cohesively in harmony, um, addressing the injustices of the past without doing it in the way that you guys have, in the way that we're trying to do it right now. Like let's 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 update our approach let's let's do better let's do think of something else i think we can do that i think we are capable of that and again instead of continuing to scapegoat whether it's the white man or whether it's the person that decided not to get vaccinated right then we need to learn especially from human history that anytime we try to scapegoat certain groups it's just not a good idea right not productive not it leads to unhealthy relationships at the individual level at the societal level so i think we need to move past that Whew. got that off my chest i told myself i was gonna go for 30 minutes but that is 53 if you made it this far i applaud you i appreciate you um man I hope this is received well. I hope you know that I am sincere. I hope you know that I am a true, a, a genuine problem solver, that I do care. I care about this country. I care about the people in it. And that's all I'm trying to do, man, is just uh, offer my peace. So, you made it this far. Thank you. If you made it, yeah, if you made it this far, thank you. And uh, we'll leave it at that. Signing out. Hope to see you. Hope you listen. Hope you get something out of it. All right, man. Peace.